This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And welcome back for Alex. I'm Arlene Bonin and a warm welcome to Tom Korski, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. Tom, good evening. How are you doing tonight? Oh, thank you, Arlene. Now, we have um, a whole bunch of great stories here we're going to talk to you about. And the first one is really no surprise. In-house research, Privy Council Office says one in six Canadians don't trust government news. Biggest in Alberta. No surprise, but nice to see it in detail. Interesting for the, uh, this is the Privy Council Office. Uh, That's the head of the Public Service Commission, that research, and they did find it. Indeed, one in six Canadians just don't believe government knows, and the rate was one in three in Alberta. That was a national high. The prairies tended to be more skeptical of government announcements. That's an interesting fact when you are putting yourself in the disinformation business. That is, the Department of Canadian Heritage has uh, proposed to issue various guides to news media on how to spot disinformation as if they would know when you have uh, off the top one in six Canadians nationwide saying they wouldn't trust the government of Canada to know disinformation if they spotted it. Uh, Of course, everyone knows all governments stretch the truth. Sometimes they just lie, Arlene. That's harsh, but it happens. So, uh, you know, and we accept that. There's public skepticism about that. It's unbecoming, though, when you put yourself in the business of becoming a truth monitor, then it gets very interesting. It does, but this is also a little bit of a snapshot of our times, isn't it? I wonder what the results of this survey would have been 20 years ago. I'm sure it would have been much different because we see that more skeptics in Alberta and we have Canadians now saying, well, wait a minute, I, I don't believe everything. It, it's kind of, a, it's disturbing in many ways. And I see what you're saying, you know, they're monitoring the truth. On the other hand, how far will we go and what criteria do we have for what we believe? It's really scary out there. Well, it's interesting that they pulled the question in the first place. These are uh, continuous uh, monthly, they call it qualitative data focus groups and quantitative data. Those are just questionnaires that are, you know, a telephone or online surveys with thousands of people. The Privy Council office spends a fortune on these, uh, over a million dollars a year. And it, and that's why we read them. These are the only polls we read because these are the ones that cabinet reads. And isn't it interesting that they wanted to poll that question to find out whether everyone believed them or not. And they came up with the conclusion you just mentioned, Arlene, that there's a, a minority, it's, a, it's an admitted minority, but a dogged minority that simply don't believe them in the first place. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting, and I know there's a couple of new fantastic books out on this, is how people's minds work and why they do believe what they do believe. Perhaps that's what they were trying to go here. 
I think there's also, if there's growth in skepticism, I think it's all to the better, Arlene. Uh, you know, people have never had more information about their government. As, as controversial as, as this cabinet has been in defying various uh, parliamentary orders to disclose uncensored records, there is more information available to the general public on radio, newspapers, television, the internet, than there was 20 years ago. There's no question about that. You can see what you're MP spends. You can find out who got a sweetheart contract. It, it, the information is out there. And the more people know, we see that there is a minority, the, the less they like it because they, they don't believe what they're told anymore. No, they don't. But sometimes they believe stuff that isn't true. So, uh, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot in that story. But you just uh, talked about transparency and what we should know about our government and what they do. And cabinet should be more willing to detail these national security worries from a Department of Public Safety report. We have this so much in the news now. Look what's happened with the fired Chinese scientists. And you and I both know this is a government that got elected on being the antithesis of this. You know, we could be heading to an election very shortly. The last time we did, Stephen Harper tagged with that criticism that he was hiding things, muzzling scientists and hiding information. Well, 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 look where we are now, Tom. Open by default was the promise in 2015, and that the cabinet was elected on that promise. They have not been open by default. I don't know anyone, regardless of party affiliation or, or nonpartisan whatsoever. No one believes that. They have not been open by default. But this is an instance where uh, people are wary of the blanket national security claim as an excuse to keep the filing cabinet closed. National security, it's simply not safe. And the context of this poll, though it was not mentioned, this is another one of those federal polls where they were, this was the Department of Public Safety. They wanted to know, do you believe when cabinet invokes national security, that you should just leave it up to cabinet. And, 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 and Canadians said, no, it, it's our country. It affects us. You should tell us what you are disclosing. And, and, and if it is not disclosed, specifically why? So these blanket, uh, you know, bland assertions about, you know, I'm, I work for the government, you can just trust me. Those days are gone, uh, Arlene. That's, that is yesterday. It really is. It is it's so fascinating, especially this story about the Chinese scientists, because it's just layered and layered and layered. It's layered in the irony of what the government promised. And as you say, it is about national security. You know, we always hear um, during elections or any kind of polling, oh, Canadians don't care too much about that stuff. They don't care about uh, foreign affairs or national security. Well, they do. And this one's tied in to China, where we're wondering just how far the tentacles are. This was the National Microbiology Lab in Winnipeg. That's exactly mm -hmm. right, Arlene. This is our foremost microbiology lab in the entire country. Inexplicably, Chinese researchers got security clearance to work there, including one who was affiliated with the People's Liberation Army. They got security clearance. And everything was going well until RCMP raided the lab, and the researchers were uh, fired and ordered out of the building um, after a police raid, uh, the 
the public health agency that ran that lab has now to date defied four orders to release uncensored records on what happened there, not to the general public, but to MPs, parliamentary council, their lawyer, the House of Commons lawyer, so they can find out they simply won't release it. Attorney General Lametti went to the uh, the degree of going to federal court to seal the records. He's actually named the Speaker of the House of Commons as defendant in a lawsuit. It's never happened before in Canadian no. history. No, it is. it really, really is incredible. And these things are layering up as we go to the polls, and we will probably very shortly. And if there wasn't a pandemic, it would be terribly interesting how that would affect people as they're heading to the polls. We still don't know. And you know, campaigns absolutely matter. Another another move by the liberals that is being really criticized, of course, is Bill C-10. And now we have a Canadian internet manager saying that it is going to curb legitimate lawful speech. Of course, that is the great fear. Again, this is on topic, what we're, what we're discussing with the liberal government. They were supposed to be very transparent and they were supposed to support the media, and now they are curbing criticism, perhaps, and curbing free speech. No small and, thing. And it, it, absolutely not. It's crucial. It's absolutely fundamental. And speaking of nonpartisan, this is the Canadian Internet Registry Authority. This is the organization that, that manages uh, domain names, .ca domain names, over 3 million of them in Canada. Their only interest is in effective, efficient, open Internet management. And they issued a report stating, and I quote it, is the Internet at a crossroads in Canada in, in 2021, Arlene. And, and the crossroads is first-ever federal regulation from the people who want to be truth monitors and tell you what disinformation is, whether you believe them or not. It's it's really stark, frankly. And and everyone waits for the other shoe to drop. Uh, legislation has not passed, but not for lack of trying. Cabinet has tried very, very hard to date to pass first ever regulation in an English-speaking democracy of Internet content. It's unbelievable. You know, Internet, a great wild, wild west. And of course, that was the draw. It's really curious how all these things are coming together. We know that you know, misinformation, disinformation has been huge. We see what happens on the Internet and influences by other countries and you're trying to affect elections. And it's serious. However, this reflex action, I, I find it really baffling how the liberals think that Canadians won't care. And do they care, Tom? I mean, we, I go back to the pandemic. There's always been a worry that this government or any government, but this is our government, is is trying to do things while we're nervous about something else that we might agree to just because we're trying to feel safe in our health. Uh, Arlene, you know, I'm not a sociologist. It's beyond my professional training. The Internet is really interesting. It's like radio. It's a very intimate medium. It's, it's really, it's me listening to your voice. And the Internet is like that. It, it becomes highly personal to people. And it's interesting you ask that question, do Canadians care? The Internet 
registry authority asked that same question. In fact, they hired a researcher to ask Canadians the question. And and despite all the distractions, and who has time, except those of us whose job it is, to go through the minutiae of proposed internet regulations, Canadians were asked, what do you think about this? What do you think about the general concept? And an mm-hmm. overwhelming majority, almost two-thirds, 62%, said, absolutely not. This is about free expression. It's my post, Arlene. It's, it's my Facebook messaging. It's, my, it's me talking to friends and listening to friends, like listening to the radio. The government has no involvement in this. They didn't pay for it. They don't run it. They didn't invent it or create it. It has nothing to do with it. It's none of their business. Canadians know that instinctively. They take this very personally. It's not a winning issue, Arlene. And you're left with the conclusion that cabinet will only try if they think they can get away with it. It's you got not. It. It, and that's no my point. Question. They don't do things if they think it's going to cost them at a ballot box, and especially now. I mean, this is a tenuous time for any government when they're trying to get a majority. So I just find it uh, fascinating. I wonder what their polling shows. As you said, the polling shows otherwise in other aspects. But will Canadians put this aside at this time? I mean, there's a there's a kind of a niggling feeling inside of all of us that we might wake up after we get out of this pandemic and say, hey, wait a minute, what happened? It, it, it will be a fight, though. I, I, I do believe that. And, and Cabinet discovered that in, the, as you mentioned, that famous yeah, Bill C-10, it. the YouTube regulation bill. I mean, they discovered a lot of people who are very eloquent uh, and passionate, and a lot of them, nonpartisan, have very mm-hmm. strong feelings about free speech on the Internet. They really do. Tom Korski, Managing Editor, Black Locks Reporter. Tom, have a great evening. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate oh, it. thank you, Arlene. I'm in for Alex. It's Arlene Bynan, and we're going to take a break, and we will return. This is On Point, Global News Radio.